put your hands together. This is a house of worship, a house of praise. Doesn't matter what you came in here with this morning. Jesus has risen and his hand is open for you to take it and run back to the Father and live in freedom. And so we sing with joy. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. And my God, he holds the victory. Come on, y'all have joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. our testimony now we were the beggars but now we're royalty and we were the prisoners and now we're running free and we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace so let the house of the lord sing praise every voice we were the beggars and now we're Yeah. Exactly. Redeemed by 
Freedom House, can you just lift up a quick shout of praise to God? Thank Him for who He is. Well, church, we're going to continue to worship this morning. We're going to ask that God be magnified in us. And we're going to sing that out. The lyrics are going to be on the screen behind me. So join along. No we're creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one accord from north to south and east to west we'd hear Christ be magnified only magnified church if you're comfortable can we lift our hands in this place
We're in the house this morning to celebrate the resurrection of our King Jesus. Let's stand to our feet one last time and sing about the power of his name that we can claim. Just a mention makes a way Giants fall and strong 
Come on, every hand lifted in this place. Come on. Even if you're not comfortable lifting your hands, I think we need to lift our hands because Jesus saved our life. Jesus saved the world. He is risen. Thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, God. And today we celebrate you. We celebrate you, God. Come on, give God a big shout. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, give God a big shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, I believe in today is not just another religious experience, but a relational encounter with God. Let's believe that today. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do in this place, Lord. We thank you for the presence of Jesus, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful. We're so grateful that we're alive. We're so grateful that we just took that breath, Lord. We come today to celebrate you. Not to have church, but to be the church. To set a standard in our families. To set a standard in our community. To set a standard in our nation, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, we bless you. We thank you today, and all praise goes to Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. One more time, give God a big hand clap. Before you sit down, look at three people. Say, you look way skinnier than you did last Easter. Just look at them. You look way skinnier than you did last Easter. You look like you lost some weight. Y'all look great today. If I met you, my name is Troy Maxwell. My wife and I are the senior pastors. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Freedom House, we are one church, many locations. This message is not being sent to the other campuses. We actually have live communicators at every one of our campuses. And guess what? We do this every weekend. Just wanna let you know. Every Sunday, we are here. Not just Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. We actually have service every Sunday. And it's pretty awesome. I would say it's close to what you heard and what you saw today. If, I'm just, if I don't do good today after the worship team, y'all need to hire another pastor, all right? I'm just saying that. Hey, a man, his wife, and his mother-in-law went to the Holy Land, and tragically, his mother-in-law died while in Jerusalem. Sad, very sad. So the undertaker came to the man and said, hey, listen, 
very, very sorry about what happened. And you have two options. Option number one is that we can ship your mother-in-law back home. It'll cost you $10,000. Or the second option is we can have her buried right here in the Holy Land for $150. The man, you know, kind of sat back and thought about it a little bit. And he says, I'll take option number one, $10,000. The undertaker said, what in the world? Why would, you, why would you not want your mother-in-law to be buried in the Holy Land? And why wouldn't you save, you know, $9,850, Amanda? Why would, you, why would you not do that? The man turned to the undertaker and said, you know, I heard a man died here 2,000 years ago. And he was buried here. And three days later... He rose from the dead. I can't take that chance. <laughs> don't look at your mother-in-law right now. Don't even, don't even do it. <laughs> hey, Easter's a time that we celebrate the resurrection. I'm sure you know this, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that we don't have to make this a one-day-a-year celebration. We don't have to just celebrate it one day a year. Matter of fact, you can celebrate it every day of your life. Every day can be a new step in the new life that Jesus paid for you. Every day, you can walk in his power. Every day, you can go to work knowing that you have the peace of God over your life, over your family, over your finances. Every day, you can live on purpose, you can enjoy the life Jesus gave you. And that's what we wanna talk about today. Matter of fact, we're gonna look at a story, maybe a little different than what you thought, a story that we like to call kind of a dress rehearsal for the resurrection of Jesus. It's found in John chapter 11. You may know this story, but I wanna read it to you. John chapter 11, beginning in verse one. We'll work through this, we'll share a couple things, and then we're gonna go out and play with some animals and go have some good food, all right? It says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. Everybody say Lazarus. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. Okay, so we got Lazarus, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, Jesus had a very special relationship with Lazarus, with Martha, and with Mary. Mary was a former prostitute. She had got completely delivered. Seven demons had been cast out of her. I mean, God had radically changed her life. Martha, she had a catering business, okay? She ran a catering business. If you know the Bible, you know what I'm talking about. It's a little bit of a joke. You'll find that out later. We don't know a whole lot about Lazarus other than the fact that his name means whom God helps. Verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. I want you to hear that. This sickness is not unto death, but that Jesus, the Son of God, may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, listen to what he did. He stayed two more days. What? What in the world? Why would he stay in the place where he was? Why would he stay? He got this bad news, and Jesus decided to stay. Then after his disciples, he said, Just, let's go. So after two days of waiting, after he heard one day, he, did, he stayed. Now, this is important because we have to understand what, what I call divine timing. We, I want you to hear this. We want right now 
but God wants what's right for now. We want right now. I want it right now, God. Do it right now. But what if God has a better miracle than the one you're asking for? What if God wants to do something bigger in your life than the thing that you, oh, well, I know you want it right now. I know you want that job right now. I know you want that spouse right now. But what if, what if your rush really is not a good right now type of thing? Maybe it's what's not right for you. Sometimes things are good, but they necessarily aren't God. God's delay is never lacking love for you. But what it does is it shows his perfect and complete timing. Verse 8. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? So let me just kind of break this down theologically. The disciples were thinking physically, naturally, and Jesus was about to hit them spiritually. He said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble or walks in the light. Because he sees the light of the world. He's talking about himself. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Everything that Jesus did was on purpose. Every word that he said was extremely purposeful and intentional. And he he knew that he was in the will of the Father in his action. Let me ask you, are you in the will of the Father? Because when you are in God's will, God's word will always illuminate your path. It will always give you a light to show you what's next. Now, it takes faith to take that step. And Jesus had to use his faith to go somewhere where they wanted to kill him. They wanted to murder Jesus because of everything. And, and even after this miracle that you're going to see, in just, they wanted to murder him even more. Because they were taking the spotlight off of religion and put in a spotlight on Jesus, the Son of God, who was gonna die for the world. If you wanna be safe, walk with God. If you wanna be protected, walk with God. If you wanna be confident, walk with God. Let me tell you, there is no other person, uh, success, amount of money that you can walk with and think all of those things are gonna be present without God. I know you're trying, and maybe you're here today because you've tried everything else, and today's your last resort. I'm going to tell you, if you walk with God, those things will happen in your life. These things he said, verse 11, after he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. This is so funny. The Bible's funny sometimes. But I go that I may wake him up. Then Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about him taking a rest in sleep. It's not funny that he died, but it's funny that disciples just don't get Jesus. They were just on a totally different plane. Happened often with the disciples, just like it happens often with us. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, guys. Come on, get it together. Then Thomas, I'll look at Tom. Thomas is always, you know, Thomas, Peter, these guys just step up. Who's called the twin. The reason why he was called the twin is because he looked a lot like Jesus. And so when you look like Jesus, you're dangerous, Expect, expect a little bit of problems when you look like Jesus. All right, anyway, you'll get that today too. Who was called the twin and said, let us, let us, this is what he said, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> Courageous, Thomas. God was setting the stage for something supernatural, something impossible. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. 
Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So let's get the picture. Lazarus is sick. He dies probably before the message even gets to Jesus. Jesus stays two days. He takes his disciples to Bethany. As he's almost there, Martha hears that he's almost there, runs out to meet him and says, if you have been here, kind of a little bit of rebuke of Jesus. If you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Oh yeah, sure, you're sure he's gonna rise again. I know that he will rise again in the in the resurrection at the last day. Now, Martha has what many Sunday Christians have. Martha, Martha was what I call the doubting believer. She believed when it was convenient, but then when things got inconvenient, she had a hard time believing. The doubting believer will limit Jesus in two areas, his presence and his power. When you doubt God, and let me just tell you, the last two years, we've seen a lot of people doubt God. Hello. You know, would Jesus wear a mask? No. He touched lepers. I'm not saying it's bad for you to wear a mask, but Jesus would not have worn a mask. What would Jesus do? He would not wear a mask. He touched people that you weren't even supposed to get near and healed them. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> he limit, Martha, the doubting believer will limit God based on his presence. If you were here, you could have done something. And then he said, she said, I know he's gonna rise. He's gonna rise again on the last day. Well, why can't Jesus raise him up from the dead now? Limited in his power. Jesus said to her, most, one of the most prolific things that Jesus ever said. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Good place to say amen right there. Amen. He who believes in me, though he, though, though he may die, and here's what he's talking about, physically, he shall live resurrected physically. And whoever lives spiritually and believes in me shall never die spiritually. And then God asks a question. Whenever you see in the Bible God asking a question, perk up, listen up. He said to Martha, do you believe this? Not do you believe, but do you believe this? What I'm saying right now, do you believe this? Do you believe that God can literally change everything that looks dead in your life? Do you believe that God can jerk Lazarus out of a grave? Do you believe that God can resurrect your finances? Do you believe that God can completely change your marriage? Do you believe this? That's the question he's asking you today. Don't just give him lip service. If you were here, if you were here, a lot of people have some good Christian lip service. Verse 32, okay, we're almost done. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. Lord, if you had been here, there, there it is again, runs in the family. My brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned, he was angry, he was upset in the spirit and was troubled and he said, where have you laid him? 
with his teeth. He gritted his teeth a little bit. Lead him. They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. It's a good one to memorize. Then Jews, the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Jesus heard it. Then again, groaning in himself. We skip over that. Jesus was angry. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, again, here she is. Lord, by this time it stinketh. That's the, new, the King James Version. There, there's that doubting believer thing again. Why are you doing this? Come on. He's dead. I know he's going to get raised up at the resurrection. I believe that, but I don't, know, I don't know what you can really do. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't limit him in your life. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, let's be honest. Most of that you caused. But don't limit God. Don't limit God. By the way, he can still get you out of that too. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. And because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. In other words, Jesus had already prayed this prayer. Now, when he had said these things, here's what I want to get to. He cried with a loud voice. Everybody say, he cried with a loud voice. One more time. Everybody, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Lazarus, come forth. Don't yell at him. And he who had died came out bound, I want you to know what he was bound in, hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Everybody say, loose him and let him go. Okay, let let me leave you with just a couple things real quick. Number one, we have to hear the call. We have to hear the call. He cried, Jesus cried with a loud voice. I read a story recently. There was a Native American and a businessman who were walking down this busy city street. The Native American stopped and he said, hey, he turned to the businessman, hey, did you, do you hear the crickets? And he goes, what? What are you talking about? He said, do you hear, do you hear the crickets? And the businessman says, man, the cars are going by. This is a busy street. He goes, I can hear the crickets. Do you hear the crickets? And the businessman like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And the Native American kind of tuned in for a second, and he reached over, and he goes, look, look. And and there was a cricket right on the ground. The businessman, he said, I I don't understand. How in the world, in the midst of everything that's going on, could you hear the crickets over there? He said, because I'm tuned in to nature. Native American reached in his pocket. He pulled out a a handful of change, and he threw it on the ground. About 20 people stopped. It was like, what's going on? They saw the change hit the ground. They heard that change hit the ground. I mean, boom. They were tuned into money. See, here's, here's the thing about God. God is always speaking. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you tuned in to his voice? Are you tuned in? Because he, he yelled loud. Jesus yelled loud. I think if there were any, anybody else 
that were close by in a grave, they would have woke up too. Jesus is calling you. His call is distinct. His call is different. His call is direct. It's authority, but it's all encapsulated in love. It says that Jesus was, he groaned in his spirit in verse 33 and verse 38. Why, why was he so angry? Because Mary and Martha and all of his disciples were not able to perceive or see by faith. In other words, and this is what happens to us, church. Listen, listen to me. This is what happens to us. Sin blocks us from hearing God's voice. And, and, and I'm not saying that God won't forgive you of your sin because that's tr the truth. But the longer that you live in a cycle of sin, it deafens your ears to the voice of God. You, you can't think that just... Just one day is going to change everything. You're going to hear everything that God's saying because he's talking all the time. He's been talking to you for years. But all you've been hearing is change and not crickets. All you've been hearing is the, the, whatever it is that has kind of uh, got, your, got your attention. God's been trying. He cried with a loud voice. Romans 5, 12 says, when Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered the human experience and death was the result. And so death followed the sin, casting its shadow over all humanity because all have sinned. Sin separates us from God. But there is one voice that can pull you back. One voice, one voice. Jesus' voice can call you back. The voice of Jesus has a different sound than religion. Let me tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like mercy. It sounds like grace. It sounds like peace. It sounds like joy. It sounds like love. That's, that's the voice of God. It's never that God is not calling. It's just that we're not listening. Here's my prayer. Everybody look at me for a second. Here's my prayer. Please listen today. Please. Because he's calling you. What does he say to Lazarus? He says, he says, come forth. We have to come out of the grave. I like this thought. God helps is coming out of the grave. That's his name. Lazarus means whom God helps. God's help is coming out of the grave. I love that thought. We have to hear the call, yes. Jesus has a unique call, but we have to respond. We have to do something with it. We just can't sit idly around and wait for God to do something. We have to move in response to the voice of God. See, Martha's faith was theologically sound, but functionally dead. It had no response, it had no pull. The quality of her faith was, was unresponsive to the miraculous that Jesus wanted to do. All, if you just have, the Bible says if you just have a little tiny bit of faith, it calls it a mustard, just a little tiny, just a mustard seed, a little tiny bit of faith, you can move mountains. But that little tiny bit has to have the quality that's big enough to take care of a mountain. Just because you say it doesn't mean you mean it. A lot of people, they say they believe in God. You go interview people today at lunch, probably nine out of 10 here in Charlotte would say, I believe in God, but they haven't responded to him. They haven't responded to that call. Biblical faith is active and personal. It impacts every area of our life. Biblical faith responds when it hears the call of Jesus. Faith is walking out 
our life in Christ. And then here's the last thing. He cried out, Lazarus come forth, and then he says, loose him and let him go. And I want you to notice that Jesus talked to the people that were around him. You, you need to loose him. Lazarus could not loose himself. He had to get some help. You know what that is a good picture of? The church. Listen to me. Look, maybe you, maybe you have been to church a few times. And, or maybe you've been to church your whole life, but you had a bad experience. There is no perfect church out there. That was a little loud on the amen there. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. I can tell you right now, Freedom House Church is not perfect. I'm not perfect. My wife, she's not perfect. I can't believe that, but she's close, but she ain't perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Our team's going to make mistakes. Volunteers are going to make mistakes. Leaders are going to make mistakes. But let me tell you, you'll never get loose without the church. You'll, you'll never be able to do it on your own. You'll never be able to do it without community. You'll never be able to, to really get rid of all of that. See, th those grave clothes represent your old life, my old life. It says that, that the grave clothes were on his hands, his feet, and his face. Because our old life, if we don't get rid of it, will affect what we do, where we go, and what we see. Always. It'll affect what you do. If you carry it around your entire life, if you carry around that old life, see, when you accept Christ, your old life is washed away. It's gone. Matter of fact, let me read this verse to you. It says, in Ephesians 4, and I'm almost done, verse 21, it says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former ways of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Throw it off. What do we have to throw it off? What, what does our old way look like? Let me tell you what my old way looks like. I'm selfish, and it's all about me. I, I struggle with that. I'm selfish. I, I, am, I am fearful and unashamed. There are times in my life where I'm, I'm afraid to tell people really what's going on in my life. I bet you, I bet you deal with that. I'm petty and spiteful. I can get bitter sometimes and angry with people. Hold them inside of me. They don't know that they did something wrong to me and I can hold it for two weeks. Because I am constantly trying to get rid of that old life. Trying to get rid of that old life. You know, in the early 1700s, they would punish people who committed murder by taking the murdered body and strapping it face to face, hand to hand, leg to leg with that person. And make them walk around with the dead body attached to them. See, the longer, and what would happen eventually is that person would die. Because death always recreates. And the longer you hold on to that old life, but here's the great thing. Jesus made a way through his resurrection. That's why he said, I am the resurrection and the life. You can put on a brand new life. And I'm not talking about just changing your behavior. I'm talking about having a heart transformation. When you allow the Holy Spirit to enable you 
to desire good things. Doesn't happen overnight. Look, something could happen today. You, you could get your life changed today. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're going to go home and be a perfect person. It takes time. Paul even said, I work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I got to work this thing out every single day. I got to deal with my soul. I got to deal with my pettiness. I got to deal with my pride. I got to deal with my selfishness. Every day, I'm just throwing it off. It's like all the time, just getting rid of that old dead Troy that's in there, just getting rid of it all the time. And then God is adding a little bit of himself on me, a little bit of himself on me, a little bit more of who he is, a little bit of what he wants to do in my life. And just a little bit more of the Holy Spirit comes, just a little bit more of the power of God and things get brighter. What, what, what I do changes, where I go changes, what I see changes. And then, then, you're, then you're able to get help from other people. They come into your life and change you. You rest in the goodness and the grace of our God. Let me close with this story. I'm sure you've seen these laying around all over the place. Pallets, you know, these wooden pallets. We use them a lot here. We get stuff delivered all the time. And after being used a lot, the crushing weights, the abuse from trucks and stuff like that, they can no longer be used. Matter of fact, I have a friend of mine that he makes pallets. That's his job. They get cracked, they get smashed, and some companies pay other companies to come and pick them up for like five bucks. This one company in New York decided, you know what, we can do something with those things. And so they decided to dismantle the pallets and salvage the usable wood out of it. And what typically a company would pay $5 for, they turned into tables and hardwood floors, beautiful pieces of artwork. If you just take the pallet and you throw it in a wood chipper, 30 bucks. If you, if you use it for flooring, it's about $150. If you use it for furniture, it's $6,000 a ton for this stuff. It's pretty amazing. It's amazing what you can do with just lifeless wood. Here's what I want you to understand. God is in the business of restoration. You are worth so much more. And he wants to do something special in your life. That's why you're here today. See, this story of Lazarus proves that nothing is impossible with God. Stand with us one more time.
years ago, I found my way to Freedom House Church, and I was a little lost, a little depressed, a little empty, broken, all those negative things, very ashamed of who I was and what I had been doing. And I walked into these doors, and I found a new life, a new community, new friends, new family, things that I didn't know that I needed, but things that I found. And I was really, really addicted to the numbness of life. And when I started to let him take over and I started to really pour into him, it's true that the vision of Freedom House, experiencing Christ's freedom every day in my life became my life. And when I started to do that, by the grace and mercy of God, I was able to find a new life and ultimately get saved. And for that reason alone, I have nobody to thank but God for guiding me from where I came from to Freedom House and ultimately allowing me to surrender my life and stop being such a slave to myself, but become a servant of God's kingdom. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God in heaven. Your blood is still speaking. Your love is still reaching. All praise, King Jesus. And glory to God forever. Your cross is my freedom. Your stripes, my I started coming to Freedom House, it was my senior year of high school, and I found out my parents were getting divorced after 24 years of marriage. And at the same time, I was in an unhealthy relationship, and I just got really insecure in my relationship with God and how I viewed Him, and honestly, how I viewed Him as a father in my life. I felt like I didn't have any purpose or really know what to do, and got to the point where I was honestly thinking and semi-planning on ending my life. I just really felt like I had no one. You know, I was hurting and just trying to, you know, fill my weekends with partying and with boys just to 
try to feel valued, Easter comes around and um, my mom said, you know, hey, Easter's coming. I feel like we should go to church because that's what you should do on Easter. And I said, well, this guy in my class keeps inviting me to this place called Freedom House. My whole family came and attended and just from when we walked in, we just felt something different. It was, I remember specifically, it was the song Miracles and it was a simple chorus, but it was just, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. And I remember just getting emotional because I had never heard God's talked about that way or sung about that way. That day, just the culmination of everything, hearing about a God who loves me, who won't abandon me, who won't walk out on me, who cares about me, regardless of if I'm popular or if I'm in the cool crowd or anything like that. And my whole family and I ended up raising our hands that day for to accept Jesus into our heart. And my life has never been the same. I don't want anybody moving around. Matter of fact, why don't you grab the hand of the person beside you. Just grab their hand right now. I just want to ask you, do you hear the call? Because I know God's speaking to some of you today. And here's what he's saying to you. You don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to go through that anymore. I died and I was raised from the dead so that you could have a brand new life. You don't have to deal with that addiction anymore. You don't have to deal with that pain anymore. You don't have to deal with those feelings anymore. You don't have to deal with that hurt anymore, those wounds. You don't have to live in that cycle, that repetitive over and over thing because Jesus died for you. He was raised from the dead. And today, I want you to feel the power of this. The church is all around you. There's somebody on your left and somebody on your right that cares for you. They don't even know you, but they care for you. And so you say, that's me. I hear that call today and I'm ready. I'm ready to respond because that's what it takes. It takes a response. Here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to simply squeeze the person of the hand beside you. Just squeeze their hand. Just squeeze their hand. Do you hear that call? That's Jesus talking to you. You can feel it right in your heart. You know, you know you're not living right for God right now. Do you hear that call? He wants to, he's calling you to come forth. Are you ready? One, don't hesitate. Just squeeze their hand. Two, make that decision today. Your life will never, I promise you, just like Jordan, just like DJ, your life will never be the same again. Just squeeze their hand. Three, just squeeze their hand right there. Just squeeze it right now. Now here's what I want you to do. If somebody squeezed your hand, I want you to lift that hand right now. Just lift it up if somebody squeezed that hand. Look at that, isn't that incredible? Now here, here, one more step, one more step. You gotta respond. If someone squeezed your hand, I want you to do something for me. We got plenty of time. I want you to bring them right up to this altar right now. Just bring them right now. Just bring them right up to this altar. Bring them right now. Bring them to this altar. Bring them, don't, don't let them talk. Come on, give them a hand. Give them a hand, bring them right up here. Bring them right up here. Proud of you, so proud of you. So proud of you. Just come as close as you can if you could. Come as close as you can. Come on, fill it in, 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 fill it in. Come on, come on, church. Come on, platform. Come on, platform, platform, platform. They're celebrating in heaven right now. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you.
So proud of you. Incredible, incredible. You guys can just fill in over here if you could. Just come right over here. I wanna, I wanna see everybody's beautiful face. You look different already. 30 something years ago, I, I got saved. Changed my life, man. I was addicted to drugs. I was drinking every day. My life was a mess. On the outside, it looked real good. Everybody thought, man, you're doing great. You're going to college. You're gonna make a million dollars. You're gonna do this. But every night I went home, I felt, man, I, I, what am I doing? And I realized that I, I just, what I found out is I was becoming exactly what I didn't wanna be. And then one day, I met this cute girl at a fraternity party. I don't know why she was there, but she was there. And I wanted to go out with her. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, like, she was hot. She said, you got to go to church. I said, man, I can do church. I could easily do church. When I walked through the doors of this church, I bumped into God. Whole different experience. It wasn't just changing my behavior. God changed my heart. And that's what he's about to do in your life right now. You're forever going to be different. So if you, if you squeezed someone's hand, I want you to put your hand right on your heart right now. If someone squeezed your hand, I want you to put your hand on that person's shoulder right now. And we're going to be the church. And I want everybody within the sound of my voice to pray this prayer, this declaration of faith in response to the call of Jesus Christ. Just say this with me, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that his blood washes me of all my sins and all my mistakes. Today, I give you my life Take off the grave clothes. I'm throwing them off today. And I'm picking up a brand new life. And it begins right now in Jesus' name. Now, everybody, just lift your hands to heaven and just let the Holy Spirit just come and fill you right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Be real to every person. Put the seal on their heart right now. That's what you do, Holy Spirit. Seal them right now. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Can we just give them a big hand? Isn't that fantastic? Come on, give them a big hand. I'm so proud of you. Now, before we go, before you go, these are the campus pastors for this campus, central campus. They're going to give you a little bit of direction on what you need to do next. Pastor Stephanie, Pastor Aaron, great people great people. So just listen to them. They'll, they'll give you some direction. Go ahead, guys. You know what I think I'm feeling right now? I think I'm feeling we need to praise a little bit. We're going to give you some instructions on what to do next, but how about we go back into song, and right where we're at, let's go after God. One more time. Life change just happened. How about we celebrate like it? Come on, Dave. Let's go back into it. Come on one more time. So, if you're standing right here in the front, or if you're still in the seats, we're going to turn this place into the biggest praise pit ever. We're leaving our old life behind, and we're stepping into the new. So we're going to sing our story. Can you do it? Here we go. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. 
The chains break at the weight of your glory. Come on. I needed shelter. I wasn't all. Now you called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I was future. My eyes are open. Because when you call my